You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Michael. Andre, I think uh, I think I'm proud of us. Why? Did, did you find a way to bribe our way off the naughty list finally? No, Andre. We are always going to be on the naughty list. Yeah, I think always. I'm, I think I'm proud of us too. Like we just completed well, straight up the most difficult bit of writing I've done in the past 10 years. It was it was definitely a uh, a labor of love, but also a labor of uh, we need to get this done, and it's it's a lot. Um, we just did the Toronto Life Gift Guide. Yes. Um, for your, I guess your gifting and drinking pleasure. Yes. Uh, broken down into uh, three hot topics in wine. Uh, bargain. Yes. Gift. Yes. And uh, as we get closer to New Year's, everybody's favorite bubbles, bubbles. the sparkling bubbles. Yeah, and, but I mean, um, you and I, you and I both are year-round bubbles drinkers. But I mean, it's one of those yes. things where when you sit down, my God, when you sit down and taste like thirty, forty, fifty bottles of a sparkling wine over a couple of days, it it gets a little tedious. Just that that acidity. Yeah, the the palate gets a little tired, and you start realizing that you know what you like in sparkling wine, um, you know what you don't like in sparkling wine, uh, but what you like seems to always be the same thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know, you know what I really enjoyed about the exercise was um, revisiting a lot of wines in the general list because I know you and I we tend to gravitate more towards vintages, more towards entry level vintages, more towards the up-and-coming wineries in Niagara that maybe don't get the love. So to spend a lot of time in, in, in vintages and, you know, um, a shout-out to all the agents who answered the call. Like, we really appreciate you uh, trusting us with your wines because obviously for many of you, you know that your 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 wines may not have made the list. But the, um, I mean, it, it looks like the quality, well, not looks like, the quality was high. It was difficult to narrow the list down even to 30 wines, but a lot of wines were tasted to make this list. Yeah, so if I, so, you can give the numbers properly, but I think in the bargain wines it ends up being thirty. Uh, in the gift wines, it was uh, how many for that? Uh, about a dozen for gift and a dozen for sparkling. So we thought what we'd do is uh, just give a couple of our well, not a couple, but a few of our highlights each. Yeah. Uh, starting with the bargain wines, and then talking a little gift and talking a little um, uh, talking a little sparkling, and then of course to see the entire list, you would go to uh, TorontoLife.com. TorontoLife.com, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was a .ca. No, I, I, it's okay. I got you. I got you, boo. I knew it was .com. Thanks, dude. Uh, All right. You want to kick it off? I do. I do. Um, the first one I, I got that that I tasted, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I You know, we're supposed to, to taste without preconceived notions or anything. But when I saw that it was $11.85 Bordeaux sealed under screw cap, I you know, ask myself, how good can this be? So the 2018 Lacour Tourney, um, it delivered everything I expect from Bordeaux when I've got that itch. You know, like Cassis with kind of like a floral fringe to it. Uh, the only thing that was really cool about this wine, though, is the the tannins were really well integrated and soft. I'd be surprised if there was any time in barrel on, on this wine. Um, but you know, as a complete gateway, like if you're looking for just a, a rich French wine without breaking the bank, um, definitely something worth gravitating to. 
You know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna also go into a Bordeaux because I'm I'm staring at it right now, and really I do hope they fix this in editing because it says it's the 2108 uh, Chateau de Cordillac. Um, I don't know if they've made that one yet, but hey, maybe. Um, uh, this was a, a Merlot uh, Cabernet blend, uh, but it, and it's a little it's a little bit more pricey than yours by like three dollars. Yeah. Uh, but to me, I, I liked how this wine opened up and I was like, this, this is also cellar worthy. Um, you, you know, and... wines, wines like that. I actually, uh, like colloquially refer to them as pinkest wines. And I, I mean, the joke being that your cellar is just packed with wines that cost less than $20. But I mean, this is one of those ones where 1450, you know, given that I'm spending $45 on, on wines from Ontario pretty regular, regularly, I could buy three of these. And yes. it's sort of no harm, no foul. Enjoy one now. Enjoy one a year down the road to see how it evolves, and just forget about the other one until we decide to do stump the chump. Well, I've always I've always gone with the now three years, and then after three years, figure it out. So uh, that that has not always worked out uh, in my favor because I always forget about them for longer than three years. But that's just me. <laughs> totally. No. Totally. <laughs> So yeah, that would have been that was uh, was a really good Bordeaux, and you know what? Uh, I'm going to throw out one more Bordeaux uh, that I was kind of kind of. And now you have to you you jump up in price a little bit more, but I really liked the uh, the Cavmi Stare, and it's got a oh it's yeah. got a Canadian backstory to it, which makes it even more fun. The 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 backstory definitely does help help sell that sell that wine like like totally. It's it's really cool that the Speck brothers have got found a way to get their name on a French bottle. I think that's that's aspirational for anyone who owns a winery is to, you know, get, be involved with, be, with get a French. chateau by your name. It's totally. not Chateau Henry of Pelham. No, that's right. It could be. Um, I'm going to go to uh, the 2018 Cassiero del Diablo, which is currently 1195 until January 3rd. Um, you know, Chile always delivers exceptional value and we got, an entire lineup of wines from Cassiero del Diablo, ranging from eleven ninety five to like twenty dollars, and I just found this—it just teamed value, um, you know, a little bit more new world facing than the La Tourney, I guess, obviously coming from Chile, but uh, just that unbridled cassis and a little bit more of an edgy tannin to it, as I think what you expect from South America. But uh, yeah, just a solid bottle of uh, Capsov. Andre, I'm going to uh, I'm going to turn the tables on us both here. All right. So there's a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc here, which you were a big fan of. So why don't you talk about that one, and then I'll talk about your favorite grape that blew me away. I think the Sauvignon Blanc you're talking about was something you were more excited about. Well, I thought you really enjoyed that Yelan's Sauvignon Blanc. I listen. I'm always happy when Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand has a little bit of balance to it. I know when you're getting when you're getting New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, I expect a little bit of the bell pepper to it. Uh, but this had just a really wonderful, wonderful balance to it. So it leaned a little bit more tropical. Um, you know, it's just the Yaland Sauvignon Blanc just had a little bit more complexity than I think I expect from especially entry level Sauvignon Blanc. And the, and the other thing with um, New Zealand is is it can get pretty pretty pricey, like nineteen twenty dollars, even for brands like uh kim crawford or you know some of the more standbys oyster bay cloudy bay all those guys it's just nice to not have to spend the money like even though it's it's 17 bucks it really does speak to value like it it, it speaks to the definition of value 
that that was a bargain wine. The one that I think blew me away, and then um, I remember uh, we we did the, the, the uh, we did these outside and um, across a table, and looking at you uh, as you tasted that, and uh, it was the Camel uh, and Joseph Villa Blanche Chardonnay from the Languedoc. And you had this big smile on your face, and I thought, there's no way, thank God we had flashlights, uh, there was no way that a Chardonnay from the Long Duck was going to be that good. Uh, and it was. My God. Uh, the, the acidity I found was was a little bit toned back from what we expect from Ontario, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but it was, still, but it was still balanced, especially when you start comparing it to, you know, comparable entry-level chardonnay in in the general list of the lcbo like you get anything from california the acids are are usually a little bit more flabby a little bit more laid back and they just let that uh you know they let that pineapple and 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 coconut just sort of take over right uh and this just had fantastic uh fantastic balance yeah i i I, you really didn't notice uh the lack of or the the lower acidity until like halfway through the bottle, but then you're like, ah, who cares, <laughs> sucker. That's funny. And Actually, if you go to torontolife.com, you'll see the uh, you'll you'll see the um, the note that says basically what Michael just said there. It was just I was just a delicious bottle of Chardonnay. I was shocked by it. I'll okay, be bef- before we move on to gift ones, there was another there was another wine that actually you know what there, there's two close to the bottom of the list. That both were surprising. I think partly because of the country. One because well, both because, both because of the countries they come from, and secondly because of what they were. Uh, one was um, oh God. I'm, I'm going to butcher this. The Tokai Samarodny Sweet. I think you got it. I'm going to go with it. Sixteen Mad- sixteen dollars. Whatever. Sixteen dollars yeah, for a decent dessert wine. And you and I both were like, we we tasted the bottle without knowing what the price was. There was no sticker on it. We were just like. Yeah, this tastes like it could be a good like twenty five, thirty dollar, you know, bottle of dessert wine. And when we saw it with sixteen bucks, it was just like okay. Yeah, that was really good. The other, the other shocker I think you're going to talk about is the Villa Wolf Pinot Noir. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, uh, fifteen dollars flat. A good bottle. Fifteen dollars flat, and you know, I think um, another problem with entry level Pinot Noir at the LCBO from any country usually has those rougher tannins um the fruit was probably pressed a little bit harder to get a little bit more juice to push the prices down but this was still like light acid and elegant soft elegant you know cherry violets it was exactly what you would want from a pinot noir at uh, twice the price totally so uh if you want to see the rest of the bargain list you know scroll through them uh those were just some of the highlights uh, we're going to move on to those gift wines now, and uh, oh, you're saving, I, you're saving, uh, you're saving the sparkling for last. I see what you're yeah. doing here. I see yeah. what you're doing here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kick this off with a bottle that that shocked the heck out of me, and and we debated whether to put it into bargain wines or into into gift wines, and it finally ended up as as a gift wine. It was the 2018 Razoriz Max Reserve, which is actually uh, changing its name, it's going to be Max uh, going forward. But they did it halfway through the vintage, or halfway through the release. So some of the bottles on the LCBO shelves will say Max Reserva. Some of them will say Max. I don't know and, what, the, what uh, the heck took them so long to tie in that that branding because earlier this year when we um, when we had a chance to taste the wines with Galleon, I got a chance to review the Don Maximano. 
Uh, and I mean, just that that iconic branding is something they should be be tying into. I mean, this is definitely this is definitely a, a baby version of that you know incredible icon wine. Um, but frankly, I mean, I'd rather spend the twenty bucks. I'd rather spend the twenty bucks than the ninety bucks. I I was totally th- floored by this wine at twenty dollars. Uh, you pour that for somebody, they'll think one, it's it's more expensive, and uh, two, I always I always like a I, I know a good expensive gift is nice, but when you get a gift that you can go, I really like that, and then you find out that you can go and afford it. You can afford it by the case, you can afford it by a half case, you can afford it by a few bottles of it. You're like that's that's even better. So to me, that's that's the gift that keeps on giving. That was uh, the 2018 Max from Araziz outstandingly good wine uh, if, you, if you open that for someone they'll actually think that you like them yes that's right so so something i put into the, the gift guide which is sort of a side by side i'm not sure it, it right when we're recording this it's in the hands of the editor but i did put a pair of pinot noirs uh just because it's it's first off from two producers that are are usually very much worth checking out. Um, these could have easily been value wines if you're talking about good Pinot, but the 2017 Flat Rock Gravity Pinot Noir, which if uh, anyone remembers from this podcast earlier this summer, we tasted that on our last uh, two thumbs up that we did, and it made both of us speechless. Yeah, I think we fell off our chair. We both fell off our chair, and at 34.95, there's a few bottles kicking around the LCBO. It's sold out at the winery, so run to the LCBO and grab it. The other one... Um, uh, from from Hannah and Company, the 2018 Rocco Gravel Road Pinot Noir. Uh, Rocco just delivers outstanding, makes outstanding Pinot Noir from uh, from Oregon. And at 35 bucks, it's it screams value because let's face it, most of the good Pinot Noir from Oregon that hits the shelves of the LCBO is like 45 or 50 dollars and up. Um, and I suggested grabbing the two of these side by side. If you're an Ontario wine lover, there's no reason why you shouldn't be uh, tasting these two regions side by side. If you're a if you're a big fan of uh, of Italian wine, the uh, the Massolina Barolo Serra Lunga d'Alba. Uh, I'm telling you that. Granted, sixty two dollars. It is a gift wine. It's a special gift wine, but it's one of those wines that you will not soon forget, and you'll you'll either want to drink it now or hold it for up to twenty years. It is going to be. A, an even more spectacular wine than it is now, and it's already a spectacular wine. So, when you're drinking something like that now, Michael, how much decanting do you need before it's like ready to rock? I did not do any. Really? So, just out of the bottle? Right out of the bottle. Uh, it had it has a nice juicy fruit, but it had some of the, the sour characteristic going on. Nice acidity. Uh, I watched it open up uh, over the course of about three hours. And it just got better and better and better. Uh, and it, it, by the time I'd finished uh, the bottle, sorry, um, <laughs> I, uh, I just was like, this could go on and on and on. It just kept changing. It was, it was, I guess, what you would call a Moorish wine. It uh, you could dive deep or you could uh, stay on the surface, but no matter how you sliced it, that wine was 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 giving up a lot and had more to give. Well, we've we've each rocked through a, a pair of wines that we love from our, our gift wines. Are we ready to move to sparkling? Let's do it. Who? I, I you know what I, I've said it on the podcast um, many many times, but I, I still think Featherstone Joy is incredibly underrated. Um, I think 
as uh, I think a lot of consumers are quick to overlook it because it's sealed with a crown cap. Um, I know earlier this summer I opened up a bottle, my oldest bottle of Joy from 2009, and did it way too soon because, frankly, the crown cap is just... It's a way to preserve the integrity of the wine. And there is a... You know, it's 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 nice to be able to open something with confidence after you've been holding on to it for almost a decade. I'll agree. I'll agree. The, the joys that I've had... Uh, and I opened up my oldest... Uh, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, after you opened your nine um, around here. And it was still really good. So I don't remember what year it was. I'll be honest with you, Andre. But... Uh, it was somewhere close. It was either the the eight or the because yeah, I think eight, eight was the first vintage, uh, and nine was the first vintage I got, and I've been so, buying that wine ever since. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to talk about again something Italian, uh, and uh, agent reached out and they said, "Hey, uh, you want to try this?" And I'm like, "I'll try anything sparkling," <laughs> and it was the Buenamico uh, Particular Grand Reserve Brut Rosé. I don't know why I suddenly developed an accent, but that's just what happened. Um, weird grape uh, choice here. Sangiovese and Syrah. But it's rosé. Uh, it's rosé. It is a rosé. So Sangiovese and Syrah, uh, but just lots of lots of, of flavor to it. And it, it is done in the uh, in the Prosecco style, uh, but it's from Tuscany. You don't you don't see a lot of uh, of sparkling wine out of Tuscany. And it so held on that, to it, and it held on to its acid because it gets pretty warm in Tuscany, doesn't it? Correct. So the acid was good. Uh, you know, Sangiovese, Syrah. This this could have also gone into gift wines because it's one of those wines you go. This is something special, but obviously a really good sparkling. So it ended up in the in the sparkling Matt, we, area. We, we did go through some really really great um, like bargain bottle, bottles as part of, of sparkling like without even spending a ton of time on it i know you uh well we both included the vieni momenti um the villa sandy prosecco was a, a show-stopping prosecco at, at 16 bucks a bottle um but i think like, some people might be listening for the champagne i mean if there's any year to get to the really good stuff it's well it's, frankly, it's definitely that i do want to throw out a couple more that the the chateau de montgaret uh cremant de loire yes at twenty dollars yes that was really good uh my eye-popping wine uh, probably of the year when it came to sparkling wine though was something by uh, rotari which is um traditional method from italy they had two uh, at the lcbo at the same time I, uh, they are still there uh they're from 2014 one was the platinum which was the uh uh, the white version, and then they had the rosé, which was also 2014. Obviously, the pink version, um, at both at twenty dollars, and and both were. I'm telling you, if you are a fan of traditional method and you want to get something really different this year, pick up a bottle of each and uh, do yourself a little side by side. That's how I did them, and uh, ran out and bought my four of each, and now I can tell you about them. <laughs> well, there you go. But we want to talk some uh, some champagne. Obviously, it is the year for for champers. <laughs> and my my logic, I, t- I told you about the logic. My logic off the microphone, and I, I think you agree with me on it. Is the best part about this year is since we're doing our our own private gatherings and not getting together with a bunch of people. It's a it's the year to splurge on champagne because you don't have to share it with as many people. So uh, on the list ended up uh, uh, 007's favorite wine, the Bali. 
the Laurent Perrier Rosé, yep. and then Andre, the one that you uh, you actually went out and got a bottle of this. I actually did uh, splurge on a bottle of of Krug this year for for New Year's. It's it's one of those wines where I will fight you tooth and nails that it's absolutely worth every every penny. And I'm just happy I don't have to share it with many people this year. Well, yeah, I, I won't share it with you because you won't pour it in a flute. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> drink it. I'm gonna drink it the way Olivier Krug told me to drink it, which is not in a flute. All right. Well, you want to get your Marie Antoinette glasses out? You can have it that way too. He didn't suggest that either. There's a happy medium. Oh, there's no happy medium. Flute it is. Flute Hang it on, is. We will see. re. We will revisit this one day. Ah, uh, God. I. I hope not. I thought we completely killed it. I mean, Olivier Krug put you in your place. No, I just didn't want to call him a Ponzi Frenchman. Well, I think you just did. Uh, I think I did. All right. Again, we like to thank you very much for listening to us this year. This is the final podcast of the season. It is the final podcast of the the season. It has been a year. Uh, we we made it. Thank God we made it. And uh, looks like we made it. By the way, if you want to go back and listen to Olivier Krug tell you what kind of wine glass you should serve your sparkling wine in, go all the way back to episode 73. He also told me that I'm drinking the wrong kind of sparkling. Yeah, he, he did. He called you out on that. And yeah, he says if you're not drinking it out of a white wine glass, you're drinking the wrong kind of sparkling. Well, uh, I think what he said well, was you're not drinking I, very good I, sparkling, which is, I think, I guess I'm worse. not drinking $300 bottles of sparkling, and I'm happy to drink $20 bottles of sparkling out of a flute, then. How about that? Jeez, I, that's like a red button for you, eh? Like, I just I threw it out there, and you just, just keep going. It's like a wind-up Dog toy. with a bone. Anyways. Uh, Michael, thanks for for everything this year. It's uh, It's been a, a weird year, but I'm I'm glad that at least connecting with you has been something that has sort of kept me sane a little bit, I think. No. I'm not uh, sure. I don't know about your your sanity at all, today, the honest truth. Yeah, I don't either. So, uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Uh, check it out. Like I said, we always appreciate the support and people taking the time to check it out. Um, blinders, if you want some cards, those things, it's a fun game. You yep. can play it in the rain. You can play it in the snow. You as can we play have, it on New Year's Eve. As we have done. As we have done. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. Take it away, Michael. Andre, it has been an absolute pleasure. A hellish year, but an absolute pleasure. Somehow, we have found a silver lining in this dark cloud. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Good night. Happy New Year. Stay out of trouble for once. Jesus. Never. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This podcast is produced by Adam Durand and Jim Rowe.